This is the Brazil Institute podcast. I'm your host, Anya Prusa. The Brazilian Amazon has entered the dry season, a period that in recent years has seen thousands of forest fires break out across the Amazon basin. Most of these fires are intentionally set in order to clear land, often for agriculture and often illegally, and they can easily turn into uncontrolled burns. During the 2019 dry season's peak in August of that year, there were more than 30,000 individual fires. This year, a severe drought across much of Brazil, the worst in decades, has many worried that the fires could hit a new record. In response, the Bolsonaro government has outlawed fires for four months and deployed the military to the Amazon to enforce environmental regulations. But critics contend that similar measures in previous years have had little impact. And scientists warn that time is running out to save the Amazon and safeguard its role in regulating rainfall and climate patterns. On this episode, we're going to talk deforestation in the Brazilian Amazon. We're joined by Jake Spring, Reuters Environment and Commodities Correspondent in Brasilia, Brazil. He's also the host of Foreign Correspondents Podcast. Jake, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for inviting me, Anya. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Jake, you've been covering environmental issues in Brazil, um, including deforestation, for a number of years now. Your most recent article, um, which actually came out just this morning, noted that deforestation in the Brazilian Amazon rose again in June compared to last year's figures. Can you tell us, you know, what's the latest information on deforestation in Brazil? Sure. So the numbers I follow are the official government numbers produced by the National Space Research Agency. And they're the ones that the government is supposed to take into account when creating, you know, what their national policy will be for the Amazon. So I keep a very close eye on those every month they're released. And so today the latest preliminary figures came out. It's important to say they're preliminary. The final figures are much more accurate and actually much higher usually. Um, the preliminary figures showed another rise in June. It's the fourth consecutive monthly rise compared to the previous year of deforestation. And we know that deforestation is already very high. Um, it's at an elevated level since uh, right-wing President Jair Bolsonaro took over. So the fact that it's going high to even higher. And in the first six months of the year, it's currently up 17%, an area the size of Four and a half times the size of New York City has been deforested just in these six months, or about 3,610 square kilometers. So it's a large area. I mean, one NGO called uh, Climate Observatory predicted we're headed for another year of more than 10,000 square kilometers. And we haven't seen that. That's would be the third consecutive year of more than 10,000 square kilometers all under Bolsonaro. And the last time we'd seen something like that was way back in 2008. So yeah, deforestation is, is way up and continues to rise. Now, President Bolsonaro had pledged back in April um, at the Climate Leaders Summit that he would end deforestation in Brazil by 2030. And obviously what we've been seeing right since then is that the numbers continue to climb. So what measures has the government been taking? to try to fulfill that pledge? 
Sure. So uh, everybody was watching very closely that summit in April that was convened by Biden, uh, held virtually, but uh, Biden convened it out of Washington. And that promise by Bolsonaro to end illegal deforestation by 2030 was actually a promise that was already made by uh, left-wing president Dilma Rousseff. So he was just kind of reaffirming that. So all along, in theory, the country was supposed to be working towards this, whether or not Bolsonaro reaffirmed it. That said, I mean, also at that uh, summit, he had said he would double the budget for environmental enforcement. And that was the one that uh, seemed the newest to me. And it, it sounded like, you know, the environmental agencies say that if they had more resources, you know, they could do more. So, but he has not actually made good on that pledge. The issue was that the federal budget was already mostly settled. He actually had to sign it the next day. The budget was already cut. So, he would need to go through Congress most likely to get more funding for Obama and Isamibio, which are the two main environmental agencies at the federal level. And that just hasn't happened and would require Congress to act most likely. So in terms of concrete action, we haven't seen too much new since he made that pledge or reaffirmed that 2030 pledge to end deforestation. He has sent in the military. He redeployed them for till the end of August, which repeats moves he made in 2020. In 2019, sending in the military, and both times that failed to actually lower the numbers uh, for deforestation or for forest fires. They they went up anyway. He also banned outdoor fires broadly. Only you know in some circumstances, subsistence agriculture and things like that are you allowed to do that. But again, that did not successfully lower fires in the previous two years. So that is what is being done. But there are, you know, well-founded questions over the effectiveness as it has not proven effective in the past. And it's proven to be very expensive done by a military that is not trained to stop deforestation and forest fires. So uh, many of the critics say it's just more of the same. It's not going to make any difference. And I mean, when we talk about deforestation in the Amazon, I think it's really important to note that the vast majority of it is illegal. For example, you know, there is some types of deforestation that are allowed, you know, on, on property that, you know, farmers own, for example, but it is often highly regulated. So what, what types of drivers are we seeing right now in the Amazon that are, that are really causing deforestation to spike, um, especially over the last couple of years? Sure. So the basic dynamic of deforestation is, you know, super old. It's been, it's always been done the same way. It's just kind of, uh, whether there's more or less of it, at least the sequence is the same. So, you know, loggers go in and they cut down valuable timber, valuable wood, those trees, they extract them. And then, um, uh, what's left is usually then burned in order to clear the land ultimately for agriculture, but it's often being done by land grabbers or land speculators. So this is often public land, but it's undesignated public land. It's not a national park. It's not set aside as anything, but uh, it hasn't been claimed either. There's nothing there. So, And there's so much of this land in Brazil that it's very hard to effectively police, or at least it has been historically. So what we've seen with Bolsonaro coming in is he has a certain rhetoric where he criticizes the environmental agencies. He says, you know, they're running amok, handing out fines to the productive sector of the economy. We're talking mostly farmers he's talking about. And he also says, you know, we won't demarcate one inch more of indigenous land. And 
a lot of rhetoric like this. He calls for mining on indigenous land. He calls for farming on indigenous land. And indigenous land makes up a large portion of protected land in the Amazon. And all this adds up to just um, emboldening people in, out in remote areas to deforest and to do these land grabs. And that is really um, the dial that's being turned up by Bolsonaro. According to critics and also, but according to scientists and researchers, this is a fairly broad consensus. This isn't my opinion. This is what is happening. So that that's what's going on out there. And I mean, not to get into it too much, but I mean, these are usually, you know, well-financed criminal organizations. It costs quite a bit of money to buy these large pieces of machinery. It's a lot of work to clear the Amazon and it's a speculative business. And most of it is illegal on either public land or protected indigenous land or other reserves. But speculators are banking on either being able to sell it on to somebody else before they get caught for it, or they're banking on maybe Bolsonaro or the government would legalize it in the future, which is obviously a speculative bet. But enforcement itself has also gone down, right? So if you are engaged in illegal activities, your chances of getting caught certainly seem like they would be less at this point in time. That's right. That's right. I shouldn't leave that out because it is two sides. It's the people being emboldened to do it, but it's also there are fewer people to stop them. Um, Obama is the main environmental enforcement agency that goes out and hands out fines in the embargo areas saying that uh, you know, people shouldn't buy grains from these areas, for example. And grains traders generally follow these. They, you know, if you get embargoed, they won't buy from this place. So, but Obama has had staffing levels fall consistently for many years now, going back before Bolsonaro. But it's kind of reached a more critical level and the cuts just keep coming until it's gotten down very low. And I mean, he's also acted to kind of rein in the agency so my latest investigation was about the fine system and how he's actually bogged that down. And actually, 17,000 fines have piled up. Only 3% of them have been processed. So that means environmental criminals are going unpunished. And uh, he's also railed against destroying this expensive machinery that they find destroying the forest. And that was what Obama agents have told me, a main way of hitting hard at at these organizations because it costs them a lot of money. And at the end of the day, they're all about making money. They wouldn't do it if they didn't think they could make money. And Bolsonaro has broadly sought to put a stop to that. Now, there are no written orders, but, you know, I've done an investigation, talked to many sources, and that's something we reported back in 2019, shortly after Bolsonaro took office. Observers are also really worried this year in particular because there's a severe drought going on in Brazil. And so there are, you know, very much concerns that this could make the forest fire season worse, um, especially now that we are in the official dry season. Um, and we know forest fires, you know, are a key method that's used for clearing land in the Amazon. So, you know, what have you been hearing about that in terms of the potential for this coming fire season to, to be even worse um, and what the other impacts might be? Sure. So I would argue that this drought is the biggest story in Brazil right now. You know, it's affecting agriculture. It's infecting the environment. It's in fact affecting power generation, hydropower, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. So the Mines and Energy Ministry says it's the it's been 91 years since the inflow at hydroelectric dams have been this low. And that's one way of measuring a drought. Um, it's a little bit difficult, more difficult looking at rainfall and things like that. It's a little bit less conclusive. 
and certainly some areas in the northern Amazon have recently experienced extreme flooding. But uh, in much of the country, let's just say it is severely dry. And in terms of forest fires, this dry weather will help for the fires that are set to get out of control, basically. You know, Bolsonaro loves to say that uh, a wet forest doesn't catch fire. And that that is kind of true. Like uh, in the wet season, when the forest is wet, it's very difficult to set a fire there. There have actually been researchers in the past couple decades who tried to do it and and couldn't. But, you know, in these months when it's peak dryness, especially when it's a year when it's extremely dry, like out of uh, the averages, you know, it, it, uh, that risk is there that runaway fires can happen. You know, maybe they set a fire to clear a certain area, but it then escapes and goes into the forest itself. And we did see a lot of those fires last year. So if it's even drier this year, it could be more of a problem. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to talk more more about the drought uh, if there's something else you want to know about that. Yeah, well, I would be curious in knowing your thoughts about, you know, kind of the wider implications of the drought, right? Because one of the the things that deforestation in the Amazon can cause is to actually shift rainfall patterns. As you deforest, right, the forest itself is unable to generate quite as much rainfall. And, and you see that then kind of shaping climate and rainfall patterns across Brazil, which obviously has implications for agriculture, for energy. Brazil is highly dependent on hydropower. So how would you, you know, discuss this drought, I guess, within the broader context of of the potential that climate change has to to kind of impact the Brazilian economy? Sure. So we certainly know that with climate change, these sorts of extreme events will become more common. And, you know, talking to experts, you know, we've had extreme droughts in like 2013, 2014, and also like around 2001. And so, I mean, that's that's three times since the, the turn of the millennium. So and it's set to become more frequent. Whether this specific drought is linked to climate change, you know, many people believe it is. The Mines and Energy Minister said yesterday he believes it is. Um, but the actual science is uh, still not quite proven there. They have to do the what are called fingerprint studies or attribution studies to say for sure this is because of climate change. But uh, there's pretty broad consensus that it likely is. It's just there hasn't been the same uh, resources dedicated to it as in, say, the U.S. and some other places where they've been able to do these studies already, but we'll be looking for results on those probably in the next couple of years. But there is agreement that the destruction of the Amazon, like you said, does shift rain patterns and is likely contributing to the drought in some areas. And as the forest is getting more and more destroyed, I mean, those statistics I gave you right at the beginning of when we started talking, you know, as that happens more and more, it is going to shift more and more and likely get more extreme and and be more possible that this will happen again in the future. And there have been studies showing like impacts on corn yields and stuff like that. And corn yields are shown to be negatively impacted by this sort of destruction. So, I mean, there there is some research out there, um, but people are working to try to figure all this out because it's expected to have broad consequences across everything. Like I said, hydropower, agriculture, everything. I want to shift gears a little bit and, and kind of turn back towards politics because the former environment minister, Ricardo Salis, recently resigned or was pushed out, uh, depending on who you talk to. What does his departure mean for Brazil's policies when it comes to the environment? Are we likely to see a shift from the Ministry of uh, the Environment? So Salas's resignation, we're still trying to figure out exactly what it will mean for policy. 
That said, uh, the new uh, minister, Joaquim Pereira-Lechi, I believe his name is, does come from an agriculture background and is broadly expected to most likely carry out similar policies because the president hasn't changed and ultimately Bolsonaro sets the policies and the ministers help to carry them out. So NGOs certainly have said they don't really expect any change. What I've heard is basically you might expect a change in style. You know, uh, Ricardo Salas was in the news every week, sometimes a couple times a week. And uh, Pereira Lechi, he's known as more of a, a pragmatist, as more of a, a low-key guy. So since he's he's actually become minister, not just nominated, he hasn't really said very much. He hasn't held press conferences. There have been no announcements. And just, you know, to compare to some other ministries, you saw, for example, the foreign minister Ernesto Araujo left and he was replaced with a guy who was coming from a, a background more in the ceremonial ceremonial area of uh, the foreign ministry. And basically, since he's come in, everything around the foreign ministry has become very low key. I wouldn't say the policies have really changed, but uh, you're not hearing as loud of rhetoric. And that that seems to be the direction that the, the ministry might be headed in as well under Pereira Lechi. And do you think, Jake, that this kind of change in tone could help Brazil in its talks with the United States? Uh, I mean, we know John Kerry was talking with Salles back when he was environment minister in the lead up to the the Climate Lemur Summit, as well as afterwards. And there were reportedly some tensions, you know, over, you know, hard commitments from Brazil and, you know, measurable progress when it comes to deforestation. So do you think the shift at the ministry, you know, will will do anything in terms of the Brazil-U.S. relationship? Well, it, it's impossible to say for sure, but just based on the reporting I've done, I would say that the U.S. government has been very clear that in order for talks with Brazil to go forward, that deforestation and fires must come down and they must come down this fire season. So that's in the next few months. Fire season usually peaks in August and September and is usually petering out by October, November. So the indication has been it doesn't matter who's in the chair. It's, you know, these numbers, these hard numbers don't lie. And that is what the U.S. government has said they need to see in order for things to go forward. And if deforestation numbers don't come down, if we see, you know, a severe fire season, is there a point where talks will break down, where the U.S. will kind of leave the negotiating table? Well, it depends how you define breakdown. For example, right now, uh, I don't think there have been any talks uh, for a month or two, at least not that I've heard of. And, you know, I think part of that just has to do with the these figures still that the U.S. says they need to see just you know, we've got to wait and see how the numbers come in. So uh, the talks might be stopped. Does that count as break broken down? I'm not sure, but uh, but I would expect we wouldn't. Uh, I mean, the U.S. has made it pretty clear they want to see the numbers come down, and if not, it won't go forward. So I would expect that to be what what happens if if and when the numbers are shown to show a rise. Well, thank you, Jake. I uh, really appreciate that you joined us today um, and that you explained, you know, a little bit more about what's going on in Brazil when it comes to deforestation in the Amazon. Not a problem. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks a lot for inviting me, Anya. You can follow Jake on Twitter, at Jake Spring. And to learn more about Amazon deforestation, check out our website, 
www.wilsoncenter.org Brazil. This episode of the Brazil Institute podcast was produced by Oscar Cruz and edited by Sam Vicroy. Until next time, thanks for listening.